All right, glad you're with us. I told you so. I knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of time. Uh, There is a deep panic that is now set in in the Democratic Party over their latest Ukrainian impeachment coup attempt. I, I don't know whether to laugh or to cry when you got, you know, somebody as dumb as Chucky Todd even acknowledging that, oh, they did not. They did not prove their case at all. You've got these vulnerable House Democrats watching in horror. There's a seems like a, a, a very nice person. I'd not heard of her, Michigan Democrat. Her name's Brenda Lawrence. Yes, yeah, she said she's against it. And then after announcing her opposition to impeachment, yeah, two days ago, oh, I, I never mind. I'll take that back. Um, so it is, you've, you've got this, they, they've got themselves a shift show as I predicted it was always, it would always be. They've kind of probably now there's gotta be somebody in that party that knows the rules of evidence and law that actually said, yeah, you know, that none of these people are going to be able in any way, shape, manner or form that they, they're, you know, that. We can't actually in any way use them in a real hearing. Right. You, you you know that because they're hearsay witnesses. Hearsay is inadmissible. They can't uh, opinion witnesses, which was the majority of them. Oh, yeah. I read it when the transcript came out. I read it in my my how I felt about it as an ambassador or ambassador wannabe or somebody ambassador. Or what I thought is I do not like it because I am a Ukrainian first person. No, I'm kidding. But, but you know, who would ever want to be an ambassador? Ambassadorships are usually given to people like as a political payback. Let's be honest. You know, you, I think you should be an ambassador. Yeah, I want to be an ambassador. I'm, you know what? I'm very diplomatic. That's going to go over really well. You are. You know what? I'll, yeah, I'll be an ambassador. Put me in Russia and I'll get in Putin's face. There won't be any. Oh. More flexibility after the election tomorrow. I'll say, hey, uh, jackass, if you mess with our elections, we're going to mess with you. How do you like that? How about we do that? And if you go near other countries, we're going to bomb the crap out of you. I don't know. Remember Reagan once before he did a radio commentary? got my vote, man. He says, yes, war begins in 30 seconds. Um, That didn't go over well because he didn't think he was on the air. You got to always assume when you have a mic in front of you that your mic is hot. Um, Well, you don't always get to do that. So you've got a situation now where it's like now it's the Nadler Ukrainian impeachment coup attempt circus beginning. We just have a a different guy in, in charge of the circus, which, by the way, is a fascinating development in a lot of different ways, because. I'm kind of thinking if I'm Jerry Nadler, which is where this should have been in the very beginning and his committee, I'm kind of probably pissed off that Nancy Pelosi gave it to the compromised, corrupt, uh, congenital liar, Adam Schiff, and allowed him to turn it into a Schiff show. And now the question, they don't know. Well, maybe we just need to bring in more witnesses. That's what we need. We need more witnesses. We need 50 more thousand witnesses. You know, I mean, I could play for you. Let me just play. I have every impeachment witness except for one. There's only one witness that would be able to testify if the federal rules of evidence apply in the Senate. If there's a trial, if they're dumb enough to go through with this, which, by the way, I think they're dumb enough. I really do. So you got the 
that you, you got the Nadler Schiff show now becoming taken over for the the congenital liar, corrupt compromise shift show. His circus begins next week. He announced that Tuesday the panel will hold its inaugural impeachment hearing. And they've invited Donald Trump to testify. Okay, why do you think they invited Donald Trump to testify? Because it's a show. It's not real. They know Donald Trump's not going to testify. Why would Donald Trump ever talk to Jerry Nadler? He's another hypocrite that himself, he didn't even want the contents of the Star Report, which, by the way, according to the old independent counsel statute, not the special counsel statute, demanded that the Star Report be released. You say we should not be releasing this. He had a very different position because he's such a hack. I mean, let's be honest. Now, Mr. Starr, in his transmitting uh, transmittal letter to the speaker and the minority leader, made it clear that much of this material is Federal Rule 6E material. That is material that by law, uh, unless contravened by a vote of the House, must be kept secret. It's grand jury material. Uh, it represents um, 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 uh, statements which may or may not be true by various witnesses, uh, salacious material, all kinds of material that it would be unfair to release. Oh, unfair to release. Yeah. Remember back in the day. All right. So even Chucky Todd, who will never be Tim Russett, is that uh, I think Democrats have to ask themselves on the one hand, I think the hearings were very successful revealing that there's a lot more we don't know. Maybe in a, in a court of law, uh, they, they could win the case, but they still have a political bar that they haven't met yet. Now, that's a dumb statement. I promise you, Tim Russert never, ever, ever would have made because, yeah, the political bar, none of the witnesses, Chucky, the hearsay or opinion witnesses would ever be allowed to testify under the federal rules of evidence. And that means witnesses can't have hearsay evidence and you can't have opinion witnesses. And then let's not forget the one guy that did talk to Trump. Uh, he did say the words, uh, yeah, the president said, I want nothing. I don't want a quid pro quo. I want them to do the right thing. That's all they would be able to pretty much present. Not the opinions, not the conjecture of Sondland or anyone else. So Todd goes on to th say, but they still have a political bar they haven't met. We haven't s seen it in the polls. He's wrong. We are seeing it. They may have a they may have met a legal bar. No, you didn't meet the legal bar when none of those people can be witnesses in a trial. You dope. I mean, what is wrong with these people on TV? They are the dumbest. Even the people that say they're lawyers, they're even worse than everybody else. Some of these guys are the dumbest people. I would never hire them to be my lawyers. They're so dumb. I, I, and they think they're smart. They're dumb. You just hear Mark Levin ranting about it. He's did you hear that, idiot? And I'm like, no, nah, I try to avoid it as much as I can. So right now, I think they've decided to move forward with the process. It's an interesting political decision. So what's Chucky e. Todd saying? Uh-oh, you guys may be screwed. That's what he's really saying. Uh-oh, there's a lot more risk here because you messed up. It didn't go well for you last week, as I was saying, as the facts laid themselves out. So we've got, and the sad thing is, I mean, I watched... This woman, I saw it on FoxNews.com. She's a congresswoman. And there was a great political article before I tell you about her. 
where they they say it's like someone taped our arms to our side and punched us in the face. They actually wrote they actually wrote that in Politico. If you're one of the 31 or so House Democrats that won your seat last year and you're in a pro Trump district that he won in 2016, your Thanksgiving may not be as happy as you think it's going to be. Politico writes Democrats are, quote, watching in horror. As GOP impeachment attacks deluge their districts back home and they want a much stronger counteroffensive from their own party and its allies. What? The compromise congenital liar Schiff and Pelosi, who doesn't know what to do because she knows her she's in a very perilous position and she better, you know, cater to the angry mob in her party and the squad. It goes on. Some of these Democrats raise their concerns with party leaders this week as they prepare to leave for Thanksgiving recess. And by the way, fearing that voters will be bombarded by anti-impeachment ads as families gather around the TV for parades and football, according to multiple lawmakers and aides, GOP aligned outside groups. Oh, they're going to spend eight million dollars on TV spots and those 31 districts such as Anthony uh, uh, Brindisi in New York. And the vast majority of these ads hammering Democrats over impeachment, over their witch hunt. What have they done for three years? Nothing for we the people. All they've done is hate Trump as a party. That's it. Even denying, oh, no, no, that's a manufactured crisis. But they sounded like Donald Trump in Obama's second term. And you got the swing districts receiving little reinforcement from their own party because no one's. By the way, the, the irony is the congenital, corrupt, compromised liar, uh, Adam Schiff. Yeah. Republicans are watching this impeachment coup attempt and they've had it. So they're donating a fortune. So Adam Schiff is actually raising money so that we can run the ads in the 31 districts. It's great. And. Many of us have been expressing our concerns to leadership, said a Democratic lawmaker who declined, who declined to be named in order to speak candidly. You don't want to have to play catch up. Everyone knows you don't just take a shot and sit there. It's like someone taped our arms to our side and punched us in the face. That's a Democratic lawmaker. You've got uh, another new poll out. Voters appear to be losing interest in the House Democrats impeachment coup. Number of Democratic voters who say they're paying close attention to the impeachment inquiry. Yeah, if only 75 percentage points fallen again. If you look at the percentage of the American, it's like three percent of the American people. They've had it. This has been three years of this crap and people have had it. And they've also see that they've done nothing and they see the unfairness of it. And they see that, you know what, Donald Trump's kicking some serious ass and he's getting the job done like him or not. He's keeping his promises. How refreshing is that for anybody? So this congresswoman from Michigan, she seemed like a nice person. I saw the tape over the weekend. Her name is Brenda Lawrence, prominent supporter, apparently, of Kamala Harris, previously supporting the impeachment inquiry into President Trump, announced Sunday she no longer saw any value in this. She sees the handwritings on the wall and she called for her fellow Democrats to throw their support behind a symbolic censor resolution, which I think Chucky Todd is really saying, maybe you guys should just go for censure. That won't be that bad. And there'll be a black eye on the president. Anyway, her about face came as polls have shown. Yeah. Independence is souring on the idea of impeaching and removing President Trump from office. 
especially in the Emerson poll in key battleground states, the great people of Wisconsin. And as House Democrats have aggressively presented their focus group tested bribery case against the president over the last two weeks, well, Lawrence occupies a safely Democratic district, including eastern Detroit. Her reluctance to move forward, suggested moderate Democrats in swing districts may also be getting cold feet. We're so close to an election, she said. And she said, uh, noting Trump stands little chance of being convicted by the GOP controlled Senate. I will tell you, sitting here, knowing how divided the country is, I don't see any value in taking him out of office. But I do see value of putting down a marker saying his behavior is unacceptable. By the way, guess what she did today? She reversed course. Let me tell you what that means in real life. She got the Nancy Pelosi, you know, every, the, the minority party, the majority, but they have, they have what they call whips, the whipping the vote. And Brenda Lawrence is now walking back her statements that she made in, in Detroit on Sunday on a podcast. And she wasn't wavering one bit in her comments on Sunday. But now she's wavering. I can only imagine the phone calls that came flooding in. By the way, House Democrats moved to the next phase of the impeachment hearing. And and uh, yeah, well, now Brenda Lawrence is now switched and she's flipped and she's flopped. And you know what she just did? She looks really dumb before her constituents. She gave into the pressure. So you got a lot of Democrats, you know, one Democrat reversing course on impeachment now supports it again because they don't know what to do. You got a swing district in New Jersey, by the way. Yeah, in the in the district of Jeff Van Drew, one of only two Democrats against the inquiry. Yeah, uh, they back Donald Trump and they support the Democrat Van Drew because he's not going along with the circus and the media. Uh, we have. All right, we'll get to this when we get back. We have a, a New York Times article. This is fascinating. They voted Democratic in 2018, but they support Trump. For 2020. How interesting is that? Now, one other thing we're going to get to. We have all the numbers. We're going to lay out how the there are six polls out now that show massive support for Donald Trump. And if these numbers are anywhere near accurate, it would be game over. Trump wins. All right, as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. I told, look, everybody in the news, in the mob, in the media, we have uh, the stenographer Humpty Dumpty. Uh, he, he tweeted me apparently yesterday, according to Sweet Baby, he goes, uh, I'm busy checking my sources. I'm like, well, that would be a first for fake news CNN. Um, and he's writing a book about Fox. I I, what did Jim Acosta, what was Acosta, the, the, the dope, what, what did he sell? 14,000 copies. So, But I made the New York Times list. You sold 14,000 and Levin sold 400,000 in four weeks. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, you're, you're good for you. That's a real winner you got. <laughs> That's I hate to tell you, people at the bottom of the list, you can get on the list without selling a lot of books yeah, at all. These numbers that we're seeing about impeachment are staggering. More importantly, when we come back, I'm going to lay out six major polls that show a dramatic surge in the president's support from African-Americans, black Americans. We're going to go over the reasons why. And also a new poll that shows both African-American, Hispanic-American voters are deserting the Democrats on impeachment. Yep. 
We got the data next. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Interesting newsbusters analysis of the mob and the media, the three networks in particular. NBC, CBS, ABC donated 75 hours of free airtime to the Democrats impeachment hearings, despite I mean, these these ratings were disaster. Let me tell you what happened at the three networks. They lost millions. Mr. Hannity, how would you know that? Because I saw the ratings. It was a ratings disaster. Even the low rated view, you know, would have rated better than the disaster of these hearings. Anyway, so they devote a whopping 75 hours to the Ukrainian impeachment coup attempt. Uh, during Bill Clinton's impeachment, well, those same networks, they weren't weren't even bothered to carry more than a couple of hours of independent counsel Ken Starr's one day presentation of the evidence against Bill Clinton, which, by the way, identified 11 specific felonies that he uh, thought he could be charged with. Remember, he did end up paying Paul Jones a fortune as a result. He was impeached as a result. And if you remember, he lost his law license. Whoopsie daisy. As a consequence of his behavior, NBC, that would be their lead anchor. Doesn't she now do the I guess she does the the anchoring of debates. Did you see the debate last week on Area 51 Roswell Rachel Maddow's conspiracy channel network MSDNC. So anyway, she uh, how does she get to be one of the hosts? Do they actually think she's a journalist? I mean, remember the stuff you showed me about the, all the nutty, crazy, insane, wackadoodle things that she's said over the years? It's amazing. No one, no one ever touches her in the media. They're just nice to Rachel. I don't know why. If I say one bad thing, forget it. The, you know, house of cards comes tumbling down. I don't know or never met her. Uh, having been involved in a lot of different liberal groups over time as somebody who's left roughly to the left of Mao. Oh, OK. Left of Mao. Let's have somebody left of Mao. Uh, let's have them do the questioning of the Democratic candidate. Anyway, it's no big deal to me. What do I care? Uh, their you know live what coverage. The problem is? What's the problem? It's your glasses. Throw my glasses. They're a little too small. You know, Rachel's are bigger. You get bigger glasses, you look smarter. You get away with a lot more. So she could say complete nonsense. That's not what it is. I'm telling you, it's what it is. She's a liberal. It's a thing. She is a liberal. The glasses are a thing. I'm telling you. I'm telling you is that the only I reason she gets special. I wear giant glasses tonight. Everyone's going to think you're a genius. Fox, you know what Fox actually told me? I don't, I'm, I'm not hiding anything. What do I care? Um, I actually said I can barely see the teleprompter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now I ad lib, you know, half the monologue every you night. You not read your copy? I can't believe Look, I'll it. tell you the hardest job if you work on my TV show is being the teleprompter operator. This poor guy. By the way, all my fireman t-shirts. Oh, yeah, I got him from the teleprompter guy's father. He's an awesome guy. And I said, uh, did you see the back of this one? Take a look at the back. Of, look Nothing how, like looking at someone's look T-shirt at on radio. Look wow. at the back of that. That might Our have, audience thinks it looks awesome. Well, you make fun of the fact. Can we tweet out a picture of the back? Yeah, you could tweet out a picture of the back. I'll definitely come on in. Do it. I don't, I'm serious. I seriously thought you were about to take your shirt off. I'm not going to take my <laughs> shirt like, off. What is happening? Okay. That's that would, weird. That'd be it's the different show. Yeah, yeah, different show. Howard, where are you? Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, no. Although I'm in super shape. You certainly are. So I actually finally hit the record because, you know, I do 
usually 100, 200 push-ups a day, depending. But I did 100 straight today. Oh. Yeah, that was a record for me. And it took a, the last five, I couldn't, I, it was, I, they were locked. I'm like, oh. And he's like, we don't quit. Sensei screaming, we don't quit. Not about how hard you hit. It's a matter about, about how hard you can get, get hit. hit. And, and keep, keep moving forward. That's no, right. keep moving forward. Oh my God, we have a. I have to have like a you know verbatim. Yeah, you have to have that verbatim. I'm from <laughs> Philly. You lose. Play this clip. Get Rocky. Let me oh, tell you something you already know. Yeah. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. Oh, cotton candy. It's a very mean That's not and in nasty that. place. I, and I don't care how tough Listen. you are. It will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody. Gotta hit harder than hit life. As hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How Thank much you can take and keep, keep moving, moving forward. forward. That's how it is done. done. Now, if you know what you're worth, worth go out and get what you're worth. worth. But you got to be willing to take, take the, the hits. hits and not pointing Yo, fingers listen. saying you ain't where you want to be because of him, him or her or anybody. Everybody. Cowards, dude, do that, that and that, that ain't you. You're better, better than, than that. that. I'm always going to love you. You're my son. You're my blood. But until you believe in yourself. Right? Well, right from Rocky to the Godfather. Anyway, no, the Godfather said, I never wanted this for my son, Michael. My, Sonny, he's a loose cannon, but I, I don't care about Sonny. Michael. So good. Uh, that hurts my throat. I don't know why. It does? I never. I will say to the, all the families here tonight, I, I will not break the peace we have made here together. My son will never serve for Barissa. But when my son comes back, should anything befall him, an accident, or this or that, I will blame all of you in this room, and I will have my vengeance. You really like that one? The one that does the one that does the best when I when I do my speeches is Levin. Levin. I can do Rush, but I can't do a lot of Rush. I can only do a little bit of Rush. Like, Rush is hard to do for an extent. It's like some people you can do. I want to say to all the hot chicks out there, you know, oh, my God. Every time you start that, oh, I decide. Oh, my God. Oh God. <laughs> well, no, because I do Clinton. it on stage. Oh, God. Uh, I'll be, uh, listen, I'll tell you what. Hey, sweetheart, we'll give you a little tour after this time we're done. I mean, <laughs> it's so I take uncomfortable. And I get back in the green. Well, it's him. I mean, that's No, I know. That's why it's uncomfortable. Well, what do you want me to do? Oh, okay. I want to say that I respect every woman in the room for, <laughs> for their intellectual beauty. Uh, yeah, okay. right. uh, I mean, because we know he's full of crap. He's flying around in I Lolita Express. have sexual <laughs> not relations a, with that not woman. A sing, I didn't, not I a single time. I never told anybody to not lie. Not a single time. Not a single time. Didn't it? Never. No, didn't it? Um, Rush, is, uh, Rush is just unique. He's hard to do, but Sean Hannity. Pretty good. Be nothing without me. Because you know what the greatest thing is? People are so stupid. People will be like, talent on loan from God. Talent on loan from God. God. He always put that. And they're like, they think that's the most arrogant thing I've ever heard. I'm like, my no, support for Donald Trump has no. No, because <laughs> what he's saying is, is what he's saying is God gave him a gift. Whatever talent we anybody has is from God. And then you drop that gift on the table the first time you had a chance. No, it's Levin that gets the reaction. I'll, I'll do this whole bit. I'll go like, so Levin will call me. We're best friends. We really are. I, he's my brother. I love Mark Levin. And he'll call me at 730. You know, I'm like, did you see this crap yet? Did you see it? I'm like, oh, morning. <laughs> Who needs black rifle? <laughs> I didn't have my black rifle coffee yet. I'll say it. Nobody else will say it. 
There, I said it. Rich Little taught me that part. You got to, you got to change the cadence. He was the best. He was amazing. Uh, anyway, yeah. Well, you hand me the list of crazy Roswell. There's Rachel just Maddow. so much. I had to make a list. Trump is a gateway drug to David Duke KKK. Trump wants to kill the press. Venezuelans are rioting over donations to Trump inauguration. Flynn is the biggest scandal in presidential history. Trump firing Comey. Unprecedented. Then cites Clinton. Um, we aired video. Edited video might not be accurate. Portrayal of McCain's statement to the mother who lost a son. Uh, comparing Trump's kids to Uday and Kuse. Uh, let's see. Trump says immigrants are vicious, murdering, blah, blah, blah. Pence wanted to cure gay and not AIDS. I don't even what's that. I don't know what that is. GOP talking points written by Frank Luntz. Um, let's see. That there's a liberal media isn't true. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually funny. That was like the that's the humorous part. Of, well, anyway, All right, let me get back to what I'm saying here. 75 hours. But during the impeachment of Clinton, of course, they could barely devote anything. NBC, 92 percent of the total 30 hours of testimony. CBS, 84 percent. ABC, 75 percent. In 98, they only ran 26 percent for NBC. Uh, let's see. CBS, 42 percent. ABC, 36 percent. Oh, but they're not biased at all. Um, you know, and, by, and the president just keeps focusing on we the people. This is why these polls I'm about to read to you matter. You have this rash of polling showing the president's approval rating with African-Americans, black Americans, Hispanic voters uh, is now two to three times as higher than it was in 2016. New poll shows the same voters are turning dramatically against impeachment. You got a national poll released by Emerson College showing that uh, black Americans. So you got to remember identity politics. That's the Democrats game. But I've always said I resent the hell out of the lie that Republicans are racist and sexist and xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic, dirty air water. They want grandma, grandpa to eat uh, dog food and cat food. And then Paul Ryan will throw them over the cliff. Uh, lies. What did Donald Trump say? He would say to predominantly African-American audiences, Hispanic audiences, well, you got nothing to lose. Why? Because under Biden and Obama, who, you know, disproportionately negatively impacted by their horrific policies. I always said the forgotten men and women, minorities, 13 million more Americans, food stamps, 8 million more poverty, lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. I can keep going. You That was 2016's list. Anyway, so look at this. 38 percent of black voters are now opposed to impeachment. Wow. Emerson College, 37 percent in favor of it. That's huge. Uh, but that's only one of, of the polls that I'm talking about here. You got another poll you got showing that President Trump, Harris Hill uh, poll released on Monday. Democrats aren't paying attention to this mess that they've created. Vulnerable House Democrats watching. It's like. Someone taped our arms to our side and punched us in the face. These ads are going to run all over Thanksgiving. Now, here's the six polls I'm talking about. Now, Trump only won 8% of the black vote in 2016. All right, you got to just look at that figure. 
And his positive approval rating among African-American voters now stands at anywhere from 16 to 34 percent. The polls, they're all legitimate polls for the most part. I think most polling is flawed, but that's a different theory for a different day. But they're recognized polls. Let's put it that way. Emerson, economist, YouGov, Gallup, Marist, PBS, Politico, Morning Consult, Rasmussen, who was the most accurate in 2016. And to, I got to give Zogby a shout out here. It's not part of this recent polling, but Zogby was the first to capture this. He got it at 30 percent. And everyone said it was an outlier. Nope. Zogby was just ahead of the curve. Anyway, so the approval rate of President Trump rose to 34.5 percent among black registered voters in a recent Emerson poll. Wow. Uh, Anyway, in these other polls that have come out. Same poll, by the way, taken earlier, a month earlier, approval of the the Trump presidency was only 17.8 percent. Black Americans. The other polls, look at this. Economist YouGov had the 16% of African-American adults. Morning Consult, 18% among registered voters. Gallup, 21% among non-white adults. Um, let's see. Trump had 33% approval rating. Quote, non-white adults. Mid-November NPR PBS NewsHour Marist poll. Rasmussen, 34 percent support among likely black voters. Now, everything, by the way, you're asking, why do they break it down demographically? Because they do. That's what they do. Um, And now if you go back, though, Linda had the bright idea. She loves research. She went back and she actually looked at the Bureau of Labor Statistics and What it showed is with current population, she extrapolated out African-American voters. And, you know, you go all the way through, you know, what was this? The labor force participation rate since Donald Trump was president, you know, in the eight years of Obama, it averaged about 12 percent. You know, 13 percent in terms of these, this is the labor force participation. In other words, this is the work, working population. What is this particular one? Yeah, these are the people that are working. Not All right, those are the non, those are people out of the labor force. These are the unemployment. Unemployment number. number. Yeah, so they're averaging 14% over the eight years of Obama, Biden. Anyway, African-Americans are enjoying greater economic prosperity thanks to President Trump. Is there a correlation? Look at this. Unemployment rate for African-Americans is 5.4% now in the three years of Donald Trump, which is the lowest level in history. The number of African-Americans employed has increased by over 1.2 million since Donald Trump's election. Incomes for African-American families are up. Poverty has fallen to record lows. African-American poverty rate reached a new low in 2018, with over 300,000 people lifted out of poverty since 2017. Median income for African-American headed households, that's up by 2.6% between 2017 and 18. And the percentage of African-American households earning over 150 grand reached a record high last year. Okay, how cool is that? Our fellow Americans doing well? The people, the, the forgotten men and women, that I talk so much about, and I actually bought the original painting by John McNaughton, a Utah painter. I have it in my garage. It does have Obama stomping on the Constitution, or I might have actually offered it to lend it to a museum. 
Maybe the White House. Kidding. Joke. Joke. No, why would I ever? But I have the original copy. I bought uh, the original painting. In hindsight, if you had to do the phone call with the Ukraine president again, would you mention Joe Biden? Well, I was mentioned just as very unimportantly. And as you know, Joe Biden's son became rich as soon as Joe Biden became vice president. And in my way of thinking, that's totally corrupt. And the press, this is what I talk about the, the media. They don't want to cover it. Every Republican is shaking their head. They can't believe it. I have the highest rating ever in the history of the Republican Party, 95 percent approval. Ronald Reagan was at 87 percent. He was second. Uh, they see what I'm saying. Uh, Joe Biden, it was it's criminal what they've done. And frankly, that they get away with it is amazing. The son who was who didn't have a job, who got thrown out of the Navy, who was really down and out, all of a sudden is making millions and millions and millions of dollars working with Ukraine, had no knowledge of energy. He was working with an energy company, as you know, has no knowledge of energy. And they were paying him, I guess many people say 168000 a month. It varies, but we know it's very high, millions of dollars. Then he goes to China, picks up $1.5 billion for a fund, which is tens of millions of dollars a year in fees and other things. Uh, and now other countries are coming to light. It's it's a payoff. It's absolutely a payoff. All right. Glad you're with us. Hour two, Sean Hannity show. That was uh, from Bill O'Reilly's podcast, BillOReilly.com. Um, the thing that I took out of that is, and, and Bill's going to join us in a second, is if you go back to the transcript, remember the part of the transcript when it was, is, oh, I need you to do me a favor. Now, remember, Ukrainian court had determined that Ukraine was involved in election interference in 2016 on behalf of Hillary Clinton. Politico chronicled all of this in their January 11, 2017 article. Uh-oh, what do we do now? We bet on the wrong horse. And they even went into the great details of a DNC contractor by the name of Alexandra Chalupa going to the Ukrainian embassy in Washington, D.C. And in that embassy, colluding, apparently, according to them, with the with Ukraine to dig up dirt, not only on Trump, but Trump associates. But at one point after the president said, I need you to do me a favor because we spent three years looking into election interference. And I thought that mattered. The president says to the new president, Zelensky, um, I think you're surrounding yourself with many of the same people. And I don't think that's good. Now, what was the president saying there? The president was, was saying that there's been nothing but corruption in Ukraine. Ukraine. And the fact that, yeah, their court, Politico, had already written about it. Interference. Can you help us get to the bottom of it, which I thought everybody wanted to get to the bottom of, except they don't care about election interference if it's Clinton's dirty, bought and paid for Russian dossier. They never cared about that, nor, I guess, do they care about Ukrainian election interference because they were helping Hillary. But that line there showed the suspicion that Donald Trump had with the new president. Well, I think you're surrounding yourself with this many of the same people. And these are bad people. Um, anyway, Bill O'Reilly had the interview yesterday. The question was great. And I think the answer was even better. But when you look at it through that prison, Bill, I don't, I don't know how much of this you've been following, but you, we had the Ukrainian court decision. I'm not sure if you read the January 11th, 2017 political piece. It was a long piece. Um, yeah, I read it. 
Um, first of all, the, the entire interview is going to be posted today on BillOReilly.com for premium members and uh, hundreds of radio stations around the country. So basically cover. you're saying that, uh, Hannity, if I want the rest of the interview, i got to pay you. you. Got, you got to go to BillOReilly.com, Hannity. No, no, I no. I, no I have to become you. a premium member. Well, we gave it to you. I think wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. When did I get my premium membership? <laughs> Nobody. Is this my Christmas present? <laughs> no, that's a good idea. You know, it's come right down the chimney and hand it to you. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's it's the first extensive radio interview. I'm starting to like this radio stuff, by the way. I know you are. Uh, that I told you done. years ago and you didn't listen to me. Yeah, I'm starting to like this. Uh, Trump, a 40-minute interview, covers everything. Here's the uh, salient point from the clip that you uh, – uh, chose, and that was the first question I asked him. This is not a cupcake interview, by the way. This is a tough interview. He is furious. Donald Trump is furious that he is being attacked over things that he feels are insignificant regarding Ukraine. While Joe Biden obviously admitted to doing something fairly serious, and his son, as you pointed out, took out millions of dollars from that, comp- that country. And nobody in the press mentions it. This is going back to his hatred, Trump's obsession and hatred for the medium. Now, last week, we talked about the fix was in on the debate. Remember that? Right. And I just want to reiterate this, that not one question was asked of Joe Biden on that debate stage last week in Atlanta. All right. By his fellow Democrats who need to knock him down or by the four moderators about Hunter Biden or Joe Biden's participation. That is incredible. That couldn't happen in a media that was even remotely fair. And the fix was in. The candidates were told by the DNC and their apparatchniks not to ask the question. If they did, they're not going to get the nomination. And the moderators were in the tank anyway. So Trump knows all that. And in, during my interview with him, he comes back to it time and time again. Why are they persecuting me, they, the media, and they allow all of this other stuff by the opposing party and the opposing ideolo- uh, ideology, the left, to go uncovered, to go unchallenged? That is eating away at him. Uh, and that is what's driving all of what's happening now. The good news of Trump is that polls are now shifting over to him. And the Democrats are in disarray. They don't know what to do. And I understand there's a huge um, argument going on between the forces that want to carry the impeachment forward and the Democrats who say, let's forget this and censure him and move ahead. That argument is going on as we speak very quietly. Media will never report it, but it's happening. Here's what I took out of it. And it was a great question. And his answer was great, too. But maybe you got to help me out here. I, I was kidding around in the air yesterday saying I may need therapy because the very thing that they say that they're upset about all the time, they always say we're upset about Russian interference. None of them covered the dirty dossier. No, they don't care about that. Well, no, here's my question, though. And and they said they cared about obstruction, but they didn't care about the subpoenaed emails deleted and the uh, bleach bit and the hammers. They say they're I believers, but not a peep about the lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia or Ukraine interference. But here's the thing, Bill. You have a quid and a pro and a quo. You're not getting the billion unless you fire the prosecutor. Of course. Of course. How, but that's breathtaking hypocrisy. I'm having a hard time dealing with it. Help but me. You, I don't know why you and Trump are having a hard time dealing with it because it's been going on for so long. Not this bad. No, 
That's true. It's now reached critical mass where I believe the majority of Americans don't trust the media at all. And, and the media is not coming back when Trump leaves, by the way. Bill, it's a, it's, a, irrevocable. it's a spectacular level of hypocrisy that you got all the evidence. Zero experience, Hunter. It's more than hypocrisy. It's your job is to find the truth, journalists. But you don't care about the truth if it enders the leftist agenda. So it's all about promoting the leftist agenda. And, and you see it across the board, which is why people watch you who, don't, who aren't leftists on television in great numbers and listen to your radio program because they know and they would like to have the other point of view, which you're never going to get in the mainstream media. But but Trump is really, really furious about this and, and he can't do anything about it. And that adds to his frustration. He can out them and call them fake news and mock them at rallies, but he can't change it. And that drives him crazy because he usually gets what he wants. Does this in the end, two questions, does this help him? And do you agree with me that Donald Trump has forever tattooed in the into the foreheads of this mob in the media, the branding of fake news? I believe that CNN will collapse when Trump leaves the White House. So that might answer your latter question. I believe that the New York Times and the Washington Post. I think Post, I may collapse, too, because I'm working my ass off. But go ahead. Well, you need a vacation. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sit in for you, by the way, if you want. I'm fine with um, that. <laughs> so you got to get a few headlines. Um, anyway, um, the pith of it, to keep it pithy, is the media is never going to be respected in, the, in America again because of Donald Trump. And that'll be part of Trump's legacy. He brought down the media, even if he didn't do it actively, he did it passively. Let me ask you this. Do Well, I didn't answer the second part of the question. Do you think this, because I believe everything they're doing is helping to reelect him. Okay. It's too difficult to say. The easy answer is, oh, yes, but I'm not going to do that because I don't know who he's going to run against. I know this. If Joe Biden gets the nomination every day of Joe Biden's life, he will hear the words Hunter Biden, because Trump will make it the signature anti-Biden diatribe. Trump will kill him on that. Democrats know it. But who else are they going to go to? Well, Buttigieg got killed today. I'll tell you what I think. Oh, he got killed today. But I'll tell you the answer. I think if you look at Axelrod supporting and backing Deval Patrick, I I, can't get it, though. They don't know him. Okay, so it's too late for Deval Patrick to get in. I know that the Obama people want him in. And I know that. But maybe if there's some surge in South Carolina, maybe. But you know how much money it's going to take? to get Duval Patrick known in front of the American public. Nobody knows him. So he's, and he's not Barack Obama, who is a fantastic campaigner. Duval Patrick's not that. Um, so to me, it's a default situation. You know, we're voting, Americans are voting less than two months. We start the process and nobody knows Duval Patrick. Same thing with Bloomberg. Bloomberg can buy it. You see, I think it helps Trump, but where you're very where you're rightly cautious and and look, Bill, we are now 343 days away from Election Day. What you're what you're saying is and I never make predictions about elections. I just see if somebody is in the position to win. And I saw Trump was in the position to win. And look, I went out on a limb and I told my conservative friends he's really a conservative. 
But the problem for any Republican is you start without New York, California, New Jersey, Illinois. So to win, you've got to thread the needle and take North Carolina, Ohio, Florida, obviously. Then you got to pick off Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, maybe New Hampshire, maybe Nevada, Arizona. It's not easy for any Republican. No, but if the trend and I don't believe the polls, I think they're push polls. I don't believe them. But as we saw today, African-Americans starting to come around. Stay right there. The, the polls are huge. I want to pick up on that when we get back uh, with Bill O'Reilly. Uh, his interview with President Trump will be on BillOReilly.com. Unlike all of you, I just got a free membership for Christmas. Maybe Bill will give one out before the end of the program today. Uh, and we'll be glad to pass it on to one of our lucky listeners. All right, as we continue, Bill O'Reilly is with us. Uh, he had an exclusive interview with President Trump. So, okay, the polls you're right are changing. Nobody can predict. I think it's too early to really even be paying attention to a lot of them. But you do see a pattern that African-Americans are moving towards them because I yeah. believe record low unemployment, one record after another. Here's my question. So tell, so you have this interview. How long was it and what other news did you break? 40 minutes. Um, it's fairly intense about Rudy Giuliani. Okay. I asked him why uh, he was in Ukraine at the president's behest. Uh, that's a question that I think people will want to hear his answer on. Um, I asked him about why the China deal isn't done. Okay. I asked him whether he's going to designate Mexican drug cartels as terrorist groups and then attack them with drones. Um, good question. Asked, what did he yeah, say? I asked him a, a wide variety of things. By the way, I'm going to ask him what's the answer, and he's going to go, get your premium membership at yeah, BillOReilly.com. I want to look. <laughs> No, by days, the way, I'm, I'm, I want people to listen to see it and listen to it. Yeah, in a couple of days it'll go wide, but premium membership um, is very beneficial to you. So on BillOReilly.com, and now that you have a free one, you'll be able to get you know a lot of good information. But I, the other thing I did in the interview was uh, I made it a little personal. Um, I said, you know, uh, you uh, you're taking more attack and vitriol than any other president, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln, and uh, I said. I've seen you show emotion to me when I had never seen that before in 30 years. His answer to that is really interesting uh, because I do believe it's taken its toll uh, on President Trump. But if you read the United States of Trump, this statement that I wrote in that book remains true. I have never seen a human being able to absorb more punishment. So true. Than Donald Trump. It's unbelievable. I mean, you and I, we can identify because we've been attacked for more than 20 years, each of us has. Uh, 20, 24 to be exact. By the way, I keep offering you, go back on Fox. and Yeah, and you, what do I want to do that? No, no, you can, you so can, can have security guards go with me everywhere? No, like so that to? you take the number one slot. I can tell you it's easier being number two because we'll, yeah. we'll end the year again, number one in all cable. And with that comes all the crap associated with you it. You bet. And, and But your listeners should understand there is a price to pay for being a traditional conservative American in this country. I, I, I refuse. And you're right. Nobody has absorbed more crap than this guy and nobody and has the strength to take it. And you and I take a lot. We've taken a lot over the years, but but nothing compared, to nothing him. compared. You're right. So I don't. That's why I never talk about it, except if I need to tell my audience right. something. But all right. Well, good interview. BillOReilly.com. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving, Bill, you, you and your too. family and the kids and uh, all my best. And hopefully we'll catch up soon. All right. Thank you, Sean. All right, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this 
extravaganza. We'll come back. We'll hit the phone straight ahead. Trump allegedly abused his power for private gain by pressuring Ukraine. Abuse of office for Trump's personal gain at the expense of us. He used the security and the international relationships that we are required to have for the security of our country as a bargaining chip for his own personal gain. President Trump extorts a partner who's under duress for his personal political benefit. We're talking about here is a bribery extortion scheme. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, extortion is extortion and bribery is bribery. Mr. Vice President, President Trump has falsely accused your son of doing something wrong while serving on a company board in Ukraine. I want to point out there's no evidence of wrongdoing by either one of you. There is no proof whatsoever that Joe Biden did anything wrong or that Hunter Biden did anything wrong. Trump's claims about wrongdoing here are unsubstantiated. We have looked. Lots of outlets have looked. Trump is making a wholly unsubstantiated claim when he alleges corruption by the Bidens. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing. In reality, Joe Biden was the one working to purge corruption from Ukraine. An utterly baseless theory. Vis-a-vis Joe Biden. Uh, There's no evidence, nor has there ever been any evidence, that he was doing anything but trying to get the Ukraine government to crack down on corruption. Leave Joe alone. Just leave him alone. The the, the Burisma, the, the, the Biden probe, it's a bunch of BS. I have not seen anything like this since October 20th, 1973, when President Nixon fired Archibald Cox. Nixon, Richard Nixon. Watergate. Echoes of Watergate. A giant step toward Impeachment. 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 Impeachment implications are now in the air. The president will be removed from office. Bombshell. 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 Bombshell stories dropping seemingly every day. He will resign the presidency. It's warming to the idea of his resignation. He should resign. Resign. The president sees the walls closing in and is lashing out. He feels the walls closing in. Closing in. You can feel the thread being pulled. You can feel the clothes starting to come off the emperor. I believe this is the beginning of the end. Donald Trump's done. He's done. There's no question about that. That is what we have heard for since two days after Donald Trump got elected. 2016, 2017, 2018, and all through 2019. You know, it's actually entertaining to watch. We predicted it would all happen. And we see all these vulnerable House Democrats watching in horror as the anti-impeachment ads are flooding their districts. And by the way, they can thank their beloved, uh, compromised, corrupt, congenital liar colleague. That would be Adam Schiff for doing so, because impeachment hearings have now allowed the Republicans to raise all of this money that they're now running in 31 districts of 31 vulnerable Democrats that Donald Trump, they they serve in districts that Donald Trump won in 2016. And they're watching, quote, the Politico says, in horror as these impeachment attacks, they lose their districts back home. They want a stronger counteroffensive from their party. They're not going to get it. What they're going to get is when this, this poor woman, I'd never heard of her before, Democrat Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence, apparently a big supporter of Kamala Harris, previously supported the impeachment inquiry, announced Sunday she no longer sees any value in the process. 
Now, the problem is, well, the leadership didn't particularly like her announcement. And now today, well, it's Tuesday. Now she decided to change her mind. That's why we have, they call them House Majority, House Minority Whips. It's called whipping the vote. Um, And anyway, you know, she is now walking it back, which is only going to hurt her more with her constituents. And uh, she's what she didn't seem to be wavering one bit in her comments on Sunday. She came out completely against the witch hunt, the Ukrainian impeachment coup attempt. And she was urging her Democratic House colleagues to do the same. Well, it's obviously behind the scenes. I'm sure, sent, you know, smoke alarms were blaring in Nancy Pelosi's office in the compromised congenital liar's office. So she's now, oh, oh I didn't mean what I said. I'm mean, not. Are you kidding? No, of course not. Why would I ever say something like that? I didn't mean anything like that ever. Um, so that's one issue that's now happening. Then we now have some phenomenon, although it really shouldn't be a surprise. It's something I have always resented the lie that every election year, every two and four years, Republicans are racist, sexist, misogynist homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, that they want dirty air and water. Obama used those words. Their plan is for dirty air and water. It may shock liberals, but I like clean water and clean air. And I want clean air and clean water for my children. That's my plan. Yeah, their plan. And then you got their Their plan, plan, which is let's have dirtier air, dirtier water. And then we want to kill people with health insurance. Yeah, we want people to die. We want granny and grandpa to eat dog and cat food before Paul Ryan or a Paul Ryan lookalike throws them over the cliff. Remember Donald Trump said to minority communities in America when he was running, what have you got to lose? They haven't helped you. Democrats, every two and four years, they'd say, you know, they'd go out. They'd say, we need your vote, need your vote, need your vote. What happened? Well, nothing. You look at every big city run for decades by Democrats. They're in ruins. They've never helped anybody except themselves. Now we have six polls, six of them. And what do we see? This is pretty fascinating. You've got Emerson, Economist, YouGov, Gallup, Marist, PBS, Politico Morning Consult, Rasmussen, by the way, the most accurate in 2016. And while Trump won just 8% of the black vote, African-American vote in 2016, his positive approval rating among African-American voters now stands at anywhere from 16 to 34 percent. Let's take the low number. He doubles his vote in the African-American community. It is game over. That would be a landslide victory. Checkmate Donald Trump, because it probably would mean that if people maybe aren't enthusiastic about the Democrats and maybe they're looking and they're saying, wow, for the first time ever, We've had record after record after record after record after record. Linda, look up how many records and of of black unemployment lows. African-Americans, Asian-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, women in the workplace. We have the best employment situation since 1969. What did I keep talking about in 2016 that mattered to me? I want the forgotten men and women to do well. what, What else do I say? Do you want you want prosperity in this country? Become the biggest net exporter of energy, oil, natural gas in the world. And we will create high paying career jobs for any American that wants them. That's how profitable it will be. 
training, they'll train you and even house you to be a truck driver, the Balkan oil fields or elsewhere, any of these energy companies. 80 grand a year start, all the overtime you can handle. Two, three years, you're making a, a buck 50. Oh, you were making 40 or 50,000. Well, now you can afford the F-150 Dodge Ram truck. You can afford maybe a down payment on that new house in a safe neighborhood with, with good schools for your kids. We kind of all want the same thing in life, don't we? Amazing. So that is huge. You have another poll shows that, that this is the Emerson poll that now African-Americans oppose Trump's impeachment. Hispanic voters uh, only narrowly favored impeachment with 48 percent for it, 41 against. But overall support for impeaching Trump has dropped 20 percent among black voters and for Hispanic voters, 25 percent. So the party that's had a monopoly and it's frustrated me because anybody that's a racist, I want nothing to do with those people. Nothing. They're ignorant human beings. And there are some out there. And you know what? They, they have no heart. They have no soul. And, and those that do it in the name of religion are equally worse. They just they're worse. And every American, I believe we're all created by one God. This is the greatest country, the greatest wealth producing country in the face of the earth. Their plans will destroy it. All right, let's get to our phones. Didi in New Jersey. What's up, Didi? How are you? Say hi to Linda from Talk Radio. How are you? you nice some- to talk to you, Sean. I-, I owe you my sanity. Oh, you're welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I've just got something that keeps gnawing at my brain, and I figured, let me just pass it by you. We all know that Schiff has been a liar probably since the day he was born, maybe since the day he was conceived. Uh, I remember before the Mueller report came out, he saw he, t- he said that he saw the evidence. Okay, now nobody can know who the whistleblower is. He's getting very nervous about this. I say he's a whistleblower. I think he made it all up. I don't think there is such a person. No, I think there's a whistleblower. There's somebody out there. Look, there's been a lot of holdovers. And I I just know because of, you know, I actually work sources and I actually do investigative work. And we have our team that we built out here. And we've we've broken more news than every news, so-called news department in the country in the last few years. But as they've been spinning conspiracy theories and lies. But now there are holdovers. There has been more sabotage against this president than I've ever seen in one lifetime, more knives in one person's back than I've ever seen. And to be honest, and we got into this with O'Reilly earlier, that, you know, his capacity to take incoming is beyond anybody I've ever seen in in my life. And listen, I'm not complaining. I don't want you to take it the wrong way. I've taken a lot of incoming in the 31 years I'm on radio and 24 years now on Fox. It's part of the job. I understand the game. I dish a lot out four hours a day. I expect to get hit back. I'm perfectly happy with that. But th- these people do exist, Didi. I can tell you that's a fact. Well, I tell you, I, I trust you. I trust all your guests on your show. I think it's fantastic. I've been watching you since you started on Fox wow. when you had a co-host that I really didn't care for. Oh, boy. <laughs> so oh, I'm boy. Glad you do- I'm glad well, we only have you now. <laughs> thank you. But, you know, Alan, I don't know if you know, Alan passed away. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Alan was a great soul. He was a great he re, he's a true believer. There was nothing fake about him. Right. And we always got along. And, um, you know, he, he was he was a special guy. There were so many qualities about him that made him really special. Um, I think about it now. I miss him. And, uh, you know, he, he died way too young. It was very sad. Was but, he sick left the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I don't know the answer to all that. He just he 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 stayed with Fox and and had his 
a, a new radio show syndicated by them. So he was doing other stuff as well. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, don't worry. Listen, you know what? Uh, that's where we're all headed one day, probably too quickly. Um, but anyway, we, we love him and we pray for his family and his, uh, you know, the love of his life. Uh, Jocelyn was an amazing woman, Monica Crowley's sister. Uh, anyway, thank you, Dee. Appreciate your call. You know, see evidence that education is going to work for them right you so go. you see a lot of parts of that's town part of the where, motivation yeah because you're, you're motivated because you you believe that at the end of your educational process there's a reward there's a stable life there's a job and there are a lot of kids especially the lower income minority neighborhoods who literally just haven't seen it work uh there isn't somebody they know personally and i think that's uh, who testifies to the value of education so yeah meet that person. you bet all right, there's Buddha Judge. Now he has not had any support in the African American community. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Kids, or the exact words, kids from lower income minority neighborhoods don't have someone they know personally. Stop right there. Oh, really? There's nobody in the in in their neighborhood that they know personally that testifies to the value of education. Could you, do I need to bring Ben Carson back on this program and talk about what his mother did for him to and and how he describes it as saving his life, making putting education as a top value? Do you know how many parents in every neighborhood do that? Wow, that is outrageous. Unbelievable. Yeah, imagine if Donald Trump said it. Forget it. Uh, Robert Nevada, KDON Radio. What's going on, sir? Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. Uh, and more importantly, thanks for all you do for us deplorables around the country. I just wanted to bring up a point. Um, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, I had the opportunity to watch probably 95% of all the testimonies the last couple of weeks. And I think there's a um, uh, a benefit to Trump that the, the Democrats clearly didn't pay attention to. The word deep state and swamp get used a lot, but it's been ambiguous and people didn't know what that meant. But over the last two weeks, now we have like half a dozen names or, or faces that we can put to what that is. They, their testimony showed how useless so many people in our government are, that they're really unimpressive people, that they waste a lot of our money and nothing good comes out of it. They clearly showed their interests were their own personal interests, not the interests of the country. It's all power. This is something that people. Yeah, it's all about power. And it was I mean, think about it. Colonel Clank was upset that he didn't get invited to Hogan's a, Heroes. He didn't, get, <laughs> yep, he didn't get invited to, to a meeting in, in the, uh, Warsaw or whatever. So he throws a tantrum. The ambassador gets shipped to a cush job in Georgetown, and she's upset because it happened during a party she's throwing. People are traveling all over the country trying to compile a letter that never happens. And all of them clearly seem to have very well-paying jobs that they can't be fired from. Well, so, so let me tell you, I got to run, but I'm going to tell you what you're saying about power is absolutely dead on accurate. That's what all of this is about. Absolutely. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. Trump allegedly abused his power for private gain by pressuring Ukraine. Abuse of office yeah. for Trump's personal gain. At the expense of us. He used the security and the international relationships that we are required to have for the security of our country as a bargaining chip for his own personal gain. President Trump extorts a partner 
who's under duress for his personal political benefit. We're talking about here is a bribery extortion scheme. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, extortion is extortion and bribery is bribery. Hunter Biden is now taking a position with the largest oil and gas company, holding company in Ukraine. Is there any concern about at least the appearance of a... uh, of a conflict there. So the vice president. I would refer you uh, to the vice president's office. I saw those reports. You, Hunter Biden and other uh, members of the Biden family are obviously private citizens, and uh, where they work is not uh, does not reflect an endorsement by the administration uh, or by the vice president or president. But I would refer you to the vice president's office. All right, news roundup information uh, overload hour. Jonathan Carl asking Obama press secretary propagandist Jay Carney about Hunter Biden's dealings in Ukraine. You know, this was always very simple to me. This was not complicated to me. Why? And again, I will go back to that, which I guess I can't. I, I, it, it, I guess it's such breathtaking hypocrisy and such a lie and such a double standard. And it shows such corruption by a, a, a compliant media mob and a, and a sick, twisted, ugly Democratic Party that knows only one thing, that they hate Donald Trump. And they seem to hate Donald Trump a lot more than they care about doing anything for we, the American people, because they've done nothing for three years except hate Donald Trump. So it gets a little frustrating at times that this is where we find ourselves. This is the madness and and the mob mentality that has taken over the country in so many ways. There are other issues involving Ukraine that we have we have covered on this program. Like when they were doing the audition hearings, I was a little shocked when this woman who I really knew nothing about. What's her name? Maria Yamanovich. The former Ukrainian ambassador, by the way, when a new president comes in, they usually pick their own ambassadors. It's a it's a common thing. Obama wiped him out when he became president. It's why they didn't in the Trump years. I don't know. They should have on day one. Every holdover from the Obama administration should have been given their walking papers in the White House. That didn't happen either. But I guess we live and learn like if somebody should have taken that bull by the horns and fix that problem. But we did learn from Politico and from a Ukrainian court that, in fact, there was Ukrainian election interference in 2016. Imagine that a Ukrainian court. And I've read the exact comments of the court before. I've read the January 11, 2017 Politico article before. And for three years, we heard about foreign election interference being a bad thing by the same corrupt people that ignored the dirty Russian dossier. But the Politico article in particular goes into Alexander Chalupa, paid DNC contractor. In other words, paid by the Democratic National Committee and how she went to the Ukrainian embassy on behalf of the DNC. And that would be Hillary to dig up dirt on Donald Trump and dig up dirt on Trump associates and part people part of the Trump campaign. And they conclude they successfully did so. And then Ukraine was trying to say, "Uh oh, how do we fix the relationship with the guy that won that we didn't think was going to win? So all of that happened. Hunter Biden was being paid millions, goes on GMA, admits he has no zero experience in anything. Energy, Ukraine, oil, gas. We do have the tape of of quid pro quo Joe 
saying you're not getting the billion. You're not getting it unless you fire the prosecutor, the one that he knew was investigating his zero experienced son who's being paid millions and millions. Okay, so you've got six hours. If you fire him, you'll get the billion. That would be the the very thing that I thought everybody cared about. Anyway, so John Solomon, he's cared a little bit more about these issues. For me, that's it. That's all I really wanted to know. They were involved, according to their court, political election interference. The president, yeah, I think if it was Donald Trump, Vice President Don Jr., there'd be a different reaction. And then when my name gets mentioned, I'm part of a smear campaign. I'm like, I don't even know who you are. I've never spoken to anybody in Ukraine. You know, I know my staff reached out to try and get an interview with the prosecutor that was fired. The guy was interviewed by a, a uh, what ABC, the Washington Post, John Solomon. And I, I said, you know what? I want to hear what he has to say. That never happened. I don't know why I never followed up and asked my staff, but knew nothing about Ms. Yovanovitch. Never got a call from Mike Pompeo or anybody at the State Department because we barely mentioned her. We went back before four mentions on my TV show, and one was because investigative reporter John Solomon actually interviewed the prosecutor general. And I guess I don't know why they're blaming him for reporting it, because the video's there. A prosecutor general saying that the ambassador, in fact, had given uh, him a list of names of people not to prosecute. That's a smear. It's a smear. Okay, well, that's not John Solomon's problem that that guy said it. That way, if you're going to be mad at somebody, be mad at the guy that said it. That that that's like our equivalent of an attorney general. This is not a small issue here. This is not a little player in Ukraine. Anyway, John Solomon uh, joins us. Um there's a lot going on. I've actually concluded I think everybody in Ukraine is pretty corrupt. This is a very corrupt yeah. country. I started with that proposition when I started reporting, which makes it tricky to report, which is why I took a lot of time, 18 months, to carefully document things, get things double, triple, quadruple, authenticated before I report it, because it is a hornet's nest. And I said that in every one of my columns. Listen, this is what the facts are, as best I can tell, but it's a crooked country, but someone should look at this. And I think the more that uh, uh, shifts impeachment hearings delved into this, the more we found confirmation for everything that we reported. We now know, Fiona Hill said, in her testimony last week, Ukraine bet on the wrong candidate. They did bet on Hillary Clinton. They were trying to help her get elected. By the way, that now, was in the political. That was Russia in the political did. article too. I mean, they said yeah. that. And remember, I interviewed the embassy, the Ukrainian embassy in Washington, on the record confirms that uh, Chalupa approached them, tried to shake them down for dirt on on Trump and Manafort. And she had a plan. If the Ukrainians could give her some incriminating evidence about Manafort and Trump, she was going to try to stage a congressional hearing in the fall of 2016 to embarrass Donald Trump. So the Ukrainians have been pretty open in the last couple of years about what happened. And uh, remarkably, Schiff's own witnesses repeatedly, overtly uh, confirmed everything that we reported. Let's let's take the Ivanovich thing real quickly. The issue between the prosecutor and Ivanovich is, was there some pressure going on by the U.S. government not to pursue certain investigations? George Kent stood up and said, yep, we were pressuring them. We were applying pressure. We didn't want them to pursue certain people. And yeah, I even signed a letter once pressuring them to drop a case. So all these stories have now been validated uh, as we've moved. Whoa, whoa, did the ambassador sign that paper or no? It was the ambassador's deputy. It was okay. George Kent, who then was the charge of the That was the guy with the bow tie, right? 
Yeah, the guy with the bow tie. And he said, yep, I signed that letter. And on multiple occasions, we did have discussions about people like X, Y, and Z, the same people I mentioned in my story. They do confirm that they were applying pressure to Ukraine. Now, the U.S. government says we had a good reason. We don't think they should have been pursued. We think they were good people. But the Ukrainians' point was, why are you interfering in our internal matters? And I think that that story now stands the test of time with the confirmation of George Kent. Let me ask you, why would would you uh, I want you to take off your reporter hat for a second and just do analysis. And because I don't know the answer. How do you tie this again? The Ukrainian court decision identifying that they did work on behalf. They did interfere in our elections. Okay, right. Mm -hmm. Then the political article, which said they successfully interfered in our elections on behalf of the DNC, which was on behalf of Hillary. Right. So. I guess my next question to you is then why would that be related to and why would Rudy as the president's lawyer be interested? Because they seem to have it out for Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, you know, I I never quite figured out. uh, I mean, I have some sense of what Rudy was doing, right? He was trying to find out if there was any evidence in Ukraine that would benefit his defense. Remember, when he was doing this work, we didn't know what the Mueller report was going to say. I did. I was reporting that it was going to say no collusion. But I don't think the president's lawyers knew for sure that that was the case. Well, nobody knew. I mean, honestly, and you did say it, and you said it many times in the show, and I kept saying, are you sure? Yeah, I had good sources, and I, I had a high degree of confidence that that was accurate. But, but yeah, they didn't know, and they were still looking for evidence. And, and by uh, Rudy's own interviews, you hear Rudy and I talk about that. We had this tip about maybe there was some funny business with the server. Uh, maybe there were some Ukrainians meddling in the election. He was looking for exactly what a defense lawyer should be looking for, any evidence that would help his, his client's interest in this uh, ongoing case involving Russia. When, when Mueller came out and said, no Russia, you know, some of this changed, and and uh, it, you know, it looks as though Mr. Giuliani kept Mayor Giuliani kept going uh, and doing some more work in June. Stuff to me, but at the end of the day, it was stuff I had already reported. It didn't add anything new, and so I didn't pursue it any further. The stuff I had reported in March, April, and May was already corroborated. It was out there. It was on the record. All the documents were there, and I focused my attention on suing to get the State Department to give us new records. Where is it now, do you think? Because I think this blew up in everybody's faces. Now, we saw this one congresswoman that I, I spoke about earlier yesterday. She said, right. I didn't I didn't come here to impeach this guy. I, I, I'm sure I supported right. the inquiry. And she was obviously they call it you know, whip, the meaning the majority of the minority whip. Right. That's whipping votes is what it means. And then right. the, the congresswoman changed her mind. So. Uh, I think this is ending up badly for them because none of the witnesses but for Ambassador Sondland could ever help in in a Senate trial because the other witnesses are hearsay witnesses and opinion witnesses. None of that's admissible. That's really the problem. That is the problem for the Democrats. And I think the other problem is, listen, because impeachment's a political act, political momentum is important. And you see the Democrats' political momentum going in reverse, particularly uh, the independent voters are souring on the idea of impeachment. These hearings did not make the sort of case that swayed independents and in some case put independents in reversal, that they are less likely and even less unhappy about the impeachment proceedings. It's a tricky thing. And I thought the congresswoman made an interesting pivot yesterday. She suggested 
is something I've talked about a few times. Maybe the Democrats whiff on impeachment articles and instead go to a censure because they don't feel like they have the public behind them. That'll be a dynamic to watch over the next two to three weeks. And then you got Chucky Todd. He's now panicking in the mob, too. But uh, I don't think the Democrats have made the case on impeachment. They want to pivot and say, well, we'll just censure. Because they yeah. see the polls are going south. Uh, John, Sam, when we right. come back, I want to get to the uh, column you wrote yesterday. All right, as we continue, we'll get to your calls next half hour, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, uh, we have an amazing Hannity tonight. This the impeachment is now failing the Democrats. John Solomon, investigative reporter, you have uh, identified a dozen documents that you believe would change the Ukrainian scandal. And President Trump has them and can release them. But without giving all 12, just tell us what it is. Yeah, listen, I think some of the most important documents involve after Hunter Biden's legal team, the Burisma American legal team, started pressuring the State Department in February 2016 to make these corruption allegations against Burisma go away. This is in the month before Joe Biden forced the firing of that prosecutor. We now know from the documents I sued and got from uh, through a court FOIA lawsuit that there was pressure being applied. There are going to be new documents released in a month to me under the court rulings. Uh, we need to see what did the State Department do after Burisma started lobbying and pressuring the State Department? Did they call Joe Biden? Did they call the president? Did they tell the White House? Did they contact the embassy in Kiev? We don't know what happened after that pressure was applied. And it occurs in such a valuable time, important time, just before Joe Biden makes that decision to force the firing of the prosecutor that I think that's one set of documents we should all have. Another set of documents that I think are really important are what uh, the FBI, the CIA, the NSC, the State Department knew about the Burisma corruption allegations. We've had several witnesses say uh, in the impeachment, yeah, we thought Burisma was corrupt. And in fact, one of them said, I stopped the deal between Burisma and the State Department during the time Hunter Biden was there specifically because of my corruption fears. I'd like to know what the CIA, FBI and CIA knew about that and Hunter Biden's uh, role in the company. And I think a third thing that uh, out of the 12 that's important, what was the president being told about corruption in Ukraine that the impeachment hearings haven't focused on? We've heard about Biden. We've heard about the election meddling. I think there was another issue pending before the president about who was around President Zelensky and whether they needed to be moved aside before money could move. All right. I got I've got to have to cut you off because we're running out of time. But John Solomon reports will also put it up on Hannity dot com, along with how to deal with your crazy relatives without it devolving (laughs) into a turkey leg throwing contest. your crazy liberal relatives. Anyway, John, great work. Uh, I know you. you've taken a lot of heat lately, but I think that only means you're over the target. That's what it usually means in my case. Thank you yeah, for being we'll with keep us. Staying on the facts. Uh, just keep on peeling the layers of that onion. We'll get into the bottom of everything. Thank you, sir. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program when we come back. Wide open telephones and an amazing Hannity tonight at nine as we continue. What we will witness today is a televised theatrical performance staged by the Democrats. Ambassador Taylor and Mr. Kent, I'd like to welcome you here. Ambassador, you weren't on the call, were you? The president, you didn't listen on President Trump's call and President Lindsey's call? I did not. You've never talked with Chief of Staff Mulvaney? I never did. You never met the president? That's correct. You had three meetings again with Zelensky and it didn't come up. And two of those they had never heard about as far as I know. And President there was Lindsay, no reason for and it. President Zelensky never made an announcement. This is this is what I can't believe. And you're their star witness. Senator Colonel Vindman never had a conversation with him about Ukraine or been in a meeting where him where, with him where he has spoken to others about Ukraine. Uh, no, just what I saw him, um, um, you know, his comments on TV. So news and reports. News. Yes. News you, you've never spoken to the president and told him advice on Ukraine. That is correct. Ambassador Sondland. 
Welcome. My testimony is I never heard from President Trump that aid was conditioned on an announcement of elections. So you never heard those specific words. Correct. Right. But never heard those words. Ambassador Yovanovitch, thank you for being here today. There are a number of events you are investigating to which I cannot bring any firsthand knowledge. These include President Trump's July 25th, 2019 call with President Zelensky, the discussions surrounding that phone call, and any discussions surrounding the delay of security assistance to Ukraine in the summer of 2019. Were you involved in the July 25th Trump-Zelensky phone call or preparations for the call? No, I was not. Were you involved in the deliberations about the pause in military sales to Ukraine as the Trump administration reviewed newly elected President Zelensky's commitment to corruption reforms? For the delay in... um, For the pause. The pause. Um, No, I was not. Were you involved in the proposed Trump-Zelensky, later Pence-Zelensky meetings in Warsaw, Poland on September 1st? No, I was not. Did you ever talk to President Trump in 2019? No, I have not. Mick Mulvaney? No, I have not. Thank you, Ambassador. Uh, I'm not exactly sure uh, what the ambassador is doing here today. Uh, This is the... All right, there were all the Chuck moments uh, that has gone along. As I've been saying all day here, yeah, there is major, major panic that has now broken out the Democratic Party. They don't know what to do. Uh, Maybe we'll go to censure. I I don't want to do this. I'm voting no. You're voting yes. Oh, okay. I'm not voting no anymore. I'm voting yes now. I'm voting yes because they told me to vote yes Uh, because they didn't prove their case. I mean, when you got somebody even as dumb and he's not particularly bright. He'll never be Tim Russert like Chucky e. Todd. Yeah, they didn't make their case. You know, Democrats benefiting that fewer people around the country think that they have partisan motives. Uh, but look, I do think that this polling is, you know, a sort of a warning sign for them. I mean, if they're not able to move public sentiment at all uh, with those five hearings with what is it like a dozen uh, State Department or NSC officials coming forward and testifying against the president. I mean, that's a problem for them. I mean, this should be a high point for them in terms of making making the case to the voters. But, you know, this hearing process was so fast for us in Washington. I mean, it was impossible for us to keep up. Think about uh, voters in Ohio or Wisconsin, people who only tune into news once a week. They never made the case here's and and this is the funny part because they weren't saying that it was it was going on at his little area 51 Rachel Maddow conspiracy channel at the time. They weren't making that point. They should have been making that point, but they weren't. So now we find that they find themselves in a really, really difficult spot that they've earned. They don't know what to do. How do we get out of the shift show that we're now in? Now, you got your hardcore, you know, the 90 percent of Democrats that won't lose because of gerrymandering, et cetera, et cetera. But. All right. So they, they don't there's no political risk to them, but there is a political risk that even some of them are seeing for 2020 in the election of Trump. What did I say? This is boomeranging. It's backfiring. You, you, you can't say you're a servant of the people of this country and act the way they act. If you serve the country and the people, we the people, you don't spend three long years with lies, smears, slander, besmirchment, character assassination, conspiracy theories, hoaxes, and do nothing else. Can like, we talk about something else, too? What? 
I mean, I know you're Quid all fired up Joe. today. Well, we have a t-shirt for that on Hannity.com okay. if you want to go to our store. Mm-hmm. We also have Surviving the Holidays with Your Liberal Relatives, which Ethan so kindly put together for us and Blair made look beautiful. And I picked out a picture. That was my contribution. You're mm-hmm. welcome. You're welcome. But uh, all that to say, you know, as opposed to, you know, our nation fighting for three years with these ridiculous liberals who can't put a sentence together, there is also, you know, fighting with your liberal relatives for three hours while you're trying to digest your food. So in order to get through your dinner, what we think you should do is go to Hannity.com. You sign up for the newsletter. You get this free guide. And it's all the stuff we talk about on the show all the time. It's going to give you the answers about Ukraine well, the, and the, the economy. Well, it's you good because it's arming people with, with information. information. And, you know, and here's the thing. Look, all of you work hard. We're all like yeah, everybody I know in life is gulping water. I mean, my life is defined by gulping water. Well, it's just the way I roll. I've rolled like that. Even when I was a dishwasher, I'd be gulping water trying to get all the not pots the dishwater and pans though, and right? Dishes and and dishes done, but not the dishwater. I I, I probably should have t- little trick it's to a the little drink. gross. It got gross, and even my buddy would come in and say, "Don't you think you need to change it again?" I'm like, "I don't want to freaking have time. I just dried them better." It's really gross, dude. Yeah, but it would go fast. when the food used to taste a lot different. Man, you have no idea how busy this they restaurant fired, was. They fired that dishwasher, and the food got real tasty over there. No, but, but they didn't have a machine. <laughs> I did it all by hand. You know what it's like to clean every I'm pot sure and you pan in a restaurant. Pill in the snow to school too. Are you now? It. You're just being a jackass. No, and, and never. I was 12 years old when I did this. And it, I started working when I was nine. I, I worked when I was so eight. Lazy. I had a paper out. When I was seven, go. I started thinking about work. Yeah, I started thinking about work. And there you go. All right. To our phones, we go. Ron, Ohio, the great swings. Well, I don't even think for Trump a swing state. I, I'm counting on Ohio this year. Hello, Sean. Hey, Sean. sir. How are you? All right. I have a question. I didn't mean to change topic. I know the, uh, that Biden, uh, Ukraine in, in the uh, impeachment is a hot topic, but um, here lately, uh, the Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she's not been faring too well. And uh, um, you, if she was to step down or, or heaven forbid something worse happened to her, um, then there would be a nominee on the Supreme Court. Uh, Trump could appoint somebody. But back in 2016, under when President Obama was still in office, um, Lindsey Graham said he wouldn't take up a vote on the election year for or he wouldn't take up uh, in the, the process for a new Supreme Court justice um, during uh, uh, during election year. If something were to happen, do you think he would uh, do you think he'd backtrack on that? I think Mitch McConnell will support the president's decision on judges. I will say this about Mitch McConnell. I've had my disagreements with him over the years. But when it comes to judges, he's been not only good, he's been phenomenal getting the president's appointments across the finish line. Uh, and I think as being the head of the Senate Judiciary Committee, I don't think that Lindsey Graham's going to wait. I think Lindsey Graham is pretty pissed off at how Democrats in this country have been acting and how little they're doing for the country. How do I know? Because he's been saying it on my radio and TV show and he's been following up and doing things. So all credit. To, and by the way, I've, I've disagreed with Lindsey over the years, too. But when guys do the right thing, I'll praise them. The Republicans kicked ass last week. I'm proud of them. It's about time. Now maybe they'll learn their lesson. This is what we've wanted them to do forever. Uh, Thank you, Ron. Janet in New Jersey. What's up, Janet? A lot of New Jersey peoples. How are you today? Good. How are you, Sean? I'm good. What's going on? Um, I wanted to get your inquiry about the Horowitz report, if you feel like it's trustworthy. I know Rush has come out and said that it's not going to be the bombshell that everyone's claiming. Well, look, the evidence is in. It's we know certain facts on this. We know 
that there were numerous multiple warnings, one by Bruce or, for example, in August of 2016, uh, one about two weeks before the first FISA application was filed by Kathleen Kavlak. I'm told there are at least three, I'm sorry, five warnings that were given out. Uh, We also know that it was an unverifiable document. We know at the top of a FISA application, it says verified. Uh, We know that when push came to shove and and Christopher Steele, its author, was under oath in an interrogatory in Great Britain, we know that he said, I have no idea if any of it's true. That renders it unverifiable. We know way down the road, months and months and months and months later, that the FBI finally looked into the veracity of it. And they verified that over 90 percent of it was not true. So we know that fact. We know that with those warnings, they I'll quote the deputy FBI director, Andrew McCabe. He said, no dossier, no FISA application. They wouldn't have gotten they wouldn't have gotten it through. So that is premeditated fraud on a FISA court. Now, how is Horowitz going to write it up? I don't know. Is he even going to make any conclusions? I don't know. But I do know that those are the facts that are not in dispute. So if he doesn't say it the right way, oh yeah, I'm probably going to be pretty pissed off. But I don't see how, when he lays out the facts, that it won't be very clear to everybody. Maybe he won't make the determination at all. He might just say, okay, this is what I discovered. Yeah, they they were warned. Yes, they used the dossier as the application. Yeah, the dossier was not verified. Uh, yeah, it was an un, it was unverifiable. Uh, Steele is a, a hated Trump. Uh, Hillary Clinton paid for it. Yeah, I think well, that's all established. So I'm not worried, uh, you know, or caring what they say in any way at all, because we know those facts. And I think that we'll have a lot to work with regardless of each. If, if, look, if he doesn't come to conclusions, that's fine. Then the attorney general and John Dorham take it from there. He's right. he's just supposed to give a report. Uh, I hope that answers your question. Uh, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. All right, back to our busy phones as we say hi to Moses in New Jersey. What's up, Moses? How are you? Hello, Sean. How are you doing? It's great to talk to you. Great to talk to you. What's on your mind today? All right. You know, so, Sean, the one thing that I keep on realizing when it comes to these talking points is literally the Democrats, all they're doing is redefining some of these definitions, like quid pro quo, for example. Quid pro quo is what the State Department does on a daily basis with every single thing they do. It's called diplomacy, whether it's Barack Obama giving pallets of cash to Iran in return for a promise they didn't they didn't hold up, or whether it's the president saying that if Mexico doesn't secure their border, then we're going to put tariffs on them, or whether it's sanctions, or whether it's any type of humanitarian aid. There are always conditions. The same thing with redefining another definition when it comes to investigating a political rival. No, what the president is doing is inquiring about the possible corruption of a previous vice president. It's irrelevant the fact that he is running right now for the presidency, because by that by that logic, anybody who runs and this is the premise that Democrats are coming from, anybody who runs for political office has immunity, him and their family. That's not the way it is. The Democrats, all they do is redefine everything. And it's, it's very frustrating. Listen, everything that they're doing is bad for the country. What they're doing here is bad for the country. In 343 days, we get to right the ship and have a course correction and send a loud message. What are they going to say next time? What, we're going to impeach him because of uh, Australian election interference? 
it doesn't matter what what they're doing and what they're not doing should be paramount in people's minds, how they have conducted themselves, not able to accept the results of an election. Four separate investigations exonerate Donald Trump. And now we've got the impeachment coup attempt, Ukrainian impeachment coup attempt. It is sick. It is as ugly as I've ever seen it. And it's bad for America. It's not good. And they're doing nothing to help the people. All right, it's Thanksgiving. Let me just give a quick shout out here. You know what? We work so hard. We're all gulping water. We all do our 12, 14, 16 hours a day. You get your kids off to school. You make sure that they have a lunch or money for a lunch. You feed them in the morning, race out the door, guzzle some coffee, hopefully black rifle, and you go to work. Then you come home after your 12, 14 hour day. Then you help the kids study. You feed them. They go to bed. You pass out exhausted and you get up and get to do it all over again the next day. But then your family gets together, holidays, especially Thanksgiving. And there's so many people that we could thank. Uh, Thank God for the lives we have. Thank our families for for being there for us in good times and in bad times. Thank uh, God that we live in the greatest country God gave man with the greatest military on the face of this earth protecting our freedoms every day. I just want to wish you and yours the greatest Thanksgiving. Hope you eat a lot of turkey, have a lot of fun, a lot of great memories with your family. And uh, yes, we'll be back at it on Monday. But uh, thank you, God, for giving us this great country and our military for protecting it every day.